So I just finished this book on happiness. Um, so I have to warn you, whenever I finish a book, it always works its way into homilies and talks. Um, but really interesting, one of the, the study on happy people is one of the major characteristics is happy people tend to give a lot. They volunteer a lot, they, uh, they give a lot, they just do tons of work. And the contrast is true as well, that really bitter people, they just don't have time to give much at all, which just to me is fascinating. Happy people, they give and give and give. Um, wow, that's amazing. And I mention that because obviously it reminds me of today's gospel and first reading. Today's first reading, you have Gideon, and Gideon is just this low-class guy, but God chooses him to be the leader of Israel. And think about this. When the angel appears to Gideon, Gideon does this really strange thing. When the angel says, oh, you're going to lead the people to freedom, he doesn't do this, yes, because I am the most talented. Uh, he does the opposite. He says, stay here. I, I, I got to do something. Runs back, um, makes a meal with unleavened bread, which you know that's bread for worship. Runs back to the angel and offers the angel, God, a meal. And the angel takes the staff and uh, turns on fire and the whole thing goes up, which to us might sound strange, but remember, um, that's called a whole burnt offering. So every sacrifice is just a meal with God. But if the whole, the part that's burnt, you always take part of the meal and burn it. I do that every meal I make. Um, and the smoke going up, uh, that's God's portion. So you are eating with God, and the smoke is what God is eating. Gideon is so overwhelmed with joy about being able to serve God, he offers the whole meal. The whole thing is burnt up. But I just love the fact that Gideon, his joy is not, yes, I deserve power and position. His feeling is, I have to make an offering. I have to give something. Um, or the gospel reading. Gospel reading is kind of scary, where Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go into heaven. That should scare you, and it's meant to scare you. And I remember when I was growing up, the priest would say, oh, the eye of the needle was this gate in the city wall. Did you guys ever hear that? Okay, this side has. Um, it's a small gate in the city wall, which um, if you came in at night, you could still get in the city, but you'd have to unload your camel, force your camel to come in on its knees, and then repack. Uh, now, the truth is, that eye of the needle never really existed. It was a myth. Uh, it was this myth that it's okay if you're wealthy as long as you have self-discipline. I liked it, but it's simply not true. When Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man into the kingdom of God, that's exactly what he means. Except, um, like I, and I do think it's an important saying because it should warn you, no, your life is supposed to be this generous offering. And like I know, I was kind of shocked because I know this couple in Boise um, who, oh my gosh, they are so sweet. Just, I love them. They're very holy and sweet. 
And I knew, like, he was in the technology field. I knew he had money, but didn't quite get it. And then one of my friends, who's a neurosurgeon, and neurosurgeons earn the most as doctors, uh, he was saying, oh, like, uh, they bid something. He says, oh, and the, the couple offered it, so nobody can match them. And I said, they have more money? And, they, and I was surprised. This couple were so sweet. He said, no, you have to understand, they're one of the wealthiest people in the entire city of Boise. And you would never know because they're very humble and sweet. And here's the thing, incredibly service-orientated. Um, absolutely amazed me. Where, like, she got her, um, and I'm forgetting, it's one step below a doctor, nurse practitioner. She became a nurse practitioner. He already is a computer person. So that they can go to Haiti and work in medical clinics in Haiti. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? And then for the homeless in Boise, they take care of the homeless in Boise, literally. Um, she offers them medical uh, uh, care. Like, they are just enormously generous. Uh, my point being is that um, I think the idea is this. If you're rich, you're more in danger of thinking my life is about me. This couple's very rich, but they have gone through the eye of the needle. Their life is really always about other people. And I mention this because the most popular theology in the United States is what's called the gospel of prosperity. Do you guys know what that is? Really? Nobody knows? Wow. It's, very, it's not Catholic, but it's very popular among the evangelicals. And the, the gospel of prosperity is if you worship God, God is going to make you wealthy. God is going to give you what you donate to the church, and God will bless it 10,000 times, and you're going to become very prosperous, wealthy. That's the most popular theology in the United States, that no, you pray to God, and God gives you wealth. Um, actually, if you look at the first reading, or if you look at the gospel, it's the opposite. If God gives you wealth, then your life should be even more generous to other people. The gospel of the Catholic Church is that, no, worship is a sacrifice, not a, not a harshness, but like Gideon, I am so in love with God and a sense of purpose, I have to make an offering of my life. Or like happy people. Happy people are not happy, and this sounds strange, because they get something. Happy people are happy because they're able to give something. I'd say the same thing with holiness. Holy people aren't holy because they got something. It's because they've turned their life into a gift for others.